0: It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting for driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket.
1: One of the workers come out with a dead cow in the bucket. He gently laid the cow down, he got out of the tractor, he moved her head around, you know, kind of to just make her look like she's gently sleeping, and got back in the tractor and left. And. That's the type of um, culture we need to have on our farms. That we're, we have so much respect for these animals that even after death, we're still treating them you know, with that dignity and that respect. Because if that would have been videotaped, there's no one could have argued that person didn't respect that animal. Um, and so it goes all the way down to even you know even our dead stock. You know,
0: it podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit PrevacentPRRS.us to learn more. NutriQuest, expert serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. EveryPig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding.
2: Welcome to Swine It Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonsalves, your host for today's episode.
0: This episode's sponsor highlight is about Jestal. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Jestal manufactures the original wireless standalone swine feeding system designed by pork producers for pork producers. They are simple, reliable, and provide peace of mind 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Gestal is not just manufactured by an equipment company, but by a family pork production business with a slat level understanding. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding.
2: Hello everyone, today we have Dr. Marisa Hake, and she'll chat with us about food production misconceptions and social media experiences. How are you Marisa?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
2: Doing great, doing great. Uh, once again, appreciate your time. And uh, if you can start uh, telling us about yourself, uh, you're the first uh, a guest that is uh, not focused on uh, pigs. So, uh, so that's cool because uh, we like uh, we like to get different type of uh, input and uh, and also your experience with with different areas. So, yeah, if you can just. Uh, Tell us, you know, how you got involved in livestock and in your career so far.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate being the first non-pig person on. So <laughs> exciting, but um, so I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up on the west side of the state um, and we, I grew up on just a cash crop farm. So was always involved with agriculture. Um, I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do. I was always one of those people that wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Michigan State. I did my undergrad in animal science. And that's really when I knew I wanted to be in food animal. Um, And because I was from Michigan, you know, we're a very dairy strong state. So I was really interested in dairy medicine. Mm -hmm. So then I got into Michigan State Vet School um, and I did a dual degree. I got my master's in public health as well as my DBM. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was really interested, you know, I loved dairy. I loved food animal production Um, I did a, I did a couple swine externships, dairy. Um, and so just, I really liked the food animal aspect as a whole. Um, and uh, when I was graduating, I was really looking for a position, um, with a company or as a staff veterinary for veterinarian for a farm, but just liked that, um, that aspect of veterinary medicine where you could, you know, be on farm all the time, train, you know, follow out mm-hmm. projects and stuff like that, really the people side of it is mm-hmm. what I liked a lot of. It. So that was what I was really looking for. Um, and when I was graduating, I found a job with Midwest Veal here in Indiana is the where it's based out of. And, um, you know, I didn't, I had like some concerns with Veal, you know, I didn't have much exposure to it. Mm -hmm. But I was always, I always liked the young stock side of um, the dairy business. And so that just fit really well for me and, you know, what I was interested in. So I've been with them for almost five years now um, as their veterinary support. So we have, um, we're based out of Indiana. We have most of our calves are in Indiana, but we have calves in Michigan and Ohio as well. So I spend a lot of time on the road going between those farms. And I, and I always tell people we're kind of like a hog operation because mm-hmm. um, we own the calves, we own the feed um, and, and all the medicine and provide service, but we have contract growers that provide the barns and labor. Mm. Uh, so just like swine, yeah, we get to provide people with that kind of that they wanna be, you know, some small family farms, and this is a way for them to be in agriculture and uh, not take on so much risk.
2: Very interesting. No, appreciate that. Uh, and you interact a lot with uh, consumers and um, very cool. I found you on Instagram. So that's that's so cool to see that. And and actually, I want you to share your Instagram uh, to the folks as well, if you want. And then uh, what is the biggest food production misconception, in your opinion?
1: Um, you know, I can talk about, so I got started on social media because of the misconceptions and, um, and kind of what happened is we had bloggers come into our facilities (laughs) and then they went back and kind of shared with their, you know, their following and people had a lot of questions. And so that's kind of how I got started was just making a platform to answer those questions. Um, but I, I think the biggest misconception is, um, what we are doing on farm for animal welfare and how much, um, you know, we we do that to improve how our animals are raised and cared for. Um, and that's kind of the story that I'm trying to get out there is, you know, farmers and producers, that is their number one goal every single day is to keep their, you know, their animals healthy and well cared for. Um, and I think that's lost on a lot of consumers as well as um, that, you know, big is always bad. So in the consumer's hmm. mind, a big farm is always a bad farm, right? And right. we know being in agriculture that some of our larger scale farms have the best animal welfare. They have the best production, you know, right. and so getting that story out there that these these large, often family farms are some of our, our, our best production practices.
2: Very, very cool. So, um, so, so far uh, what uh, what would you say has been your biggest accomplishments there? Um, any any stories there from the social media interaction or?
1: Oh, you know, I, I think honestly, just getting. Um information out about veal because there was, Mm -hmm. you want to talk about misconceptions and, uh, issues with consumer, um, perception. Mm -hmm. We can talk about veal because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we, we definitely have a comeback story, but being such a small industry, Mm -hmm. we've never been able to tell that story to our consumers. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. pictures, you know, 1970, 1980s veal barn. Um, and, you know, the activists really ran with that, that imaging. And so getting, getting just information out there, honestly, to dairy farmers or to other people in agriculture has been our biggest accomplishment because it's, we're just too smart small to have the marketing dollars to, to get there, you know? So mm-hmm. social media is free, which is great. And that's really helped us um, get some information out there.
2: Very cool. Very cool. And um, I know you have some experience on uh, managing, uh, the relationship with activists and and also some on farm experiences. Uh, any tips you can share on that regard?
1: Yes. Well, being on social media and sharing, you know, your agriculture story, your farm can be very, very scary. And <laughs> <laughs> um, activists online are ruthless, and they have you know no boundaries yeah. whatsoever. But and that, and so that can be a little off-putting for farms, but we have to remember that we are focusing on what we call the movable middle. Mm. And so the group of consumers that can actually be influenced by um, what they learn about our farms. Right. So right. the activists, the, the 2% that are, you know, never, you're never going to change <laughs> their mind. And so that we shouldn't be focusing our efforts there and, and try to fight them. You know what I mean? Right. We should really be focusing on, that mom who's at the grocery store and is trying to choose between almond and regular milk or pork or tofu, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. um, that's where we need to focus our efforts. So on social media, yes, I get activist activity. Honestly, I just block and delete. Mm -hmm. And There's no use in engaging with those people Mm -hmm. Uh, and they will kind of suck the life out of you if you do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't recommend it. Um, But as far as, you know, on the flip side of our farm experiences, we've definitely had issues um, with activists. And what we've learned is they will always find your weakest point. You know, they will find your worst barn. They will take everything out of context. They will, Mm. you know, spin everything on you. So definitely we need to have our farms ready and have protocols in place. Um, but we also need to have this culture, and this is kind of what we learned through our experience, is this what would this look like to the consumer? So I always use this great example of um my husband, he was chopping for a dairy farm and he was, you know, going to the silage pile to dump, and he saw one of the workers come out with a dead cow in the bucket. And you know, that guy, that cow is dead. There's nothing more we can do for her, mm-hmm. but that guy could have just dumped her in the, you know, the rendering pile and, and moved on with his day, but mm-hmm. he didn't. So he gently laid the cow down. He got out of the tractor. He moved her head around, you know, kind of to just make her look like she's gently sleeping mm-hmm. and got back in the tractor and left. And that's the type of um culture we need to have on our farms that we're, we have so much respect to these animals, that yeah. even yeah. after death, we're still treating them. With that dignity and that respect, because if that would have been videotaped, there's no one could have argued that person didn't respect that animal. Right. Um, and so it goes all the way down to even, you know, even our dead stock, you know. So I think having that type of culture on our farms um, will really help us with activist activity.
2: I love that. That's that's profound. Very, very cool. Um, very nice. Uh, anything else on misconceptions or social media experiences, Dr. Hake, that you'd like to cover before we jump into our three questions that we ask every guest?
1: Um, you know, so I just appreciate you having me on as someone else in agriculture, because I've always taken this. Um, we're kind of all in this together. Right. And right. Um, agriculture tends to try to get a little bit siloed where we're like, we're, we're swine and we're beef we're dairy and we're, you know, we're poultry Whereas our consumers don't see it that way. They see it as production, animal, agriculture. Right. And when one of us gets thrown under the bus, all of us get thrown Mm -hmm. underneath the bus. So, you know, with these videos and stuff that come out, it's going to be really easy for the swine industry to say, oh, that's dairy. That's not us. Whereas Mm -hmm. we need to be understanding each other and supporting each other as a whole um, because we all face the same issues and I I think the same misconceptions.
2: Yes. Yes make that makes total sense um yeah it's it's one bolt and uh, some of those videos have all species in it as well so <laughs>
1: exactly
0: very nice since 1971 zinpro corporation has focused on one thing trace mineral nutrition as the most research proven organic feed trace mineral products in the industry zinpro performance minerals deliver performance and profitability to swine operations around the globe to know more go to zinpro.com
2: it is time to our famous three yeah so jump into the three questions um what is your favorite uh, livestock related book or resource
1: um, so I, <laughs> this isn't really like a, a veterinary book, mm-hmm. um, but I love Brene Brown's books. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah.
2: Ted talks. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, because I, I, I think, you know, we sometimes we forget we're in the livestock business, but mm-hmm. we're really in the people business. Mm-hmm. And I manage, um, a lot of, People And a lot of the guys that are under me or I work with every single day are, you know, they're men and they're older men. And so having to understand how to manage people and different aspects, um, I think, is actually more important for my my job than actual, uh, you know, veterinary medicine.
2: Very interesting. I'm trying to remember she's big on like vulnerability and that kind of stuff. Right.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very cool. Very nice. Um any other resource that that you consume
1: a lot? Um, well my my just favorite is um I'm on the road a lot, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um and so I really like the Mind Hunter series. Have you heard of this book?
2: I've heard I never read it.
1: Yeah, it's so it's like how they form the FBI uh like serial unit and oh. how they sort profiling serial killer
2: Oh yeah, I think there might Is there a Netflix series maybe? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's um, what I like.
1: So I really my like answer. that those books and then uh cool. the my favorite murder podcast talks about a lot of these uh these series. So that kind of keeps me entertained while driving.
2: That's cool. Yeah, I just love audiobooks as well. Uh it's it's uh you can multitask. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who, in your opinion, what separates successful livestock professionals from those who are not?
1: You know, I think that being able to balance, we tend to sometimes get really focused on just welfare or just production or just profitability. But the good ones can can continually, you know, kind of juggle all of those different things. And going forward, we're definitely going to have to do that because our consumers are demanding it. So if we can continue to... You know, balance all of those big important things. Right. That's how we're going to move forward.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, in the past, uh, people talk a lot about you know being a specialist, but I think to some degree uh, there's still a lot of value to be some somewhat uh, generalist. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Awesome, uh, Dr. Marisa Haig Appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, we are happy to have our first uh, non-pig known uh, expert here. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you for having me.
2: Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Hey, guys and girls. Thank you so much for being part of our community, as well as thanks for all the great guests that we have had. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. To be part of our email list and get some exclusive materials, go to our website, www.swineit.com. That's swineit.com and subscribe to our email list. Also, we love feedback. So if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please leave us a review. It is much appreciated. We'll talk soon.